Hey everyone, welcome to episode 188, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. And just, it was like prophetic vision last week. I knew, I knew we would all be here this week. Well, and it was... If we met yesterday. We if we would have met yesterday. <laughs> we wouldn't have been. So if Randy hadn't forgot what time it was yesterday, we wouldn't have made it. But this week, it's uh, today's Tuesday, and so we did make it. And I wasn't at church this week, so I didn't hear the message live. God will forgive you. He will. He did. And... <laughs> When I heard the message, I was like, wait a minute. Andy said this was going to be on stewardship. So, and you did, you did kind of disclaim last week that it wasn't going to be on money. Right. And I'm like, oh, I see how it is. He wants to talk about love, but he's going to disguise it <laughs> as something about stewardship. So I'm like, see, for all you people that were like, man, that was a great sermon. But I've in the past said, you guys talk too much about love. This one's for you. He slipped one past you and you didn't even realize it. It was good. I smiled a lot while I, while I was listening to it this week because I'm like, look at that, Andy. Every year sneaky. he gets a little more sneaky. <laughs> Well, last week we finished off 2019 with a challenge from our guest speaker, Javier Diaz. He said, come what may in 2020, fear not, stop, cease striving. Just be still and know that he is God. And I'm thinking that might be just something we want to remind ourselves probably every day. Yeah, every day. And at least every week. But I thought it'd be a good reminder as we like jump before we jumped into this new whole life series that we're doing. It's whole life <laughs> God in your whole life. God in your whole life. That's right. It was. I didn't have that part written down. (laughs) Well, most people don't get excited when they hear about an upcoming sermon series, meaning that more than one message will be dedicated to the subject of stewardship. Who wants to be reminded of how tight-fisted we can be with money, right? (laughs) I mean, I pretty much know that myself. We probably all do. However, when it's reframed to shed light on our accountability to love others, everyone, all people, (laughs) Maybe it'd be just easier and more comfortable to talk about money, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) That's there. That's the issue. Well, it's interesting because the the reason we get nervous about our money is that all money is is a means of exchange. Yeah. It's our boiled down life. Mm. So we give our life to an employer or we're self-employed or whatever, but we we give our life away and in return we get money. And so – we get really nervous about how it happens to our money because it's really just our life in our hands. Yeah. Um, so. And it's finite. Yeah. I mean, but th- that's almost a problem though, because money, all right, it's not our favorite topic to discuss, but especially not when talks how much goes out. And we don't want to tell anyone how much comes in because that's yeah. a little uncomfortable, but at least it's easy to calculate, right? We mm-hmm. know based Measured. on job, whatever we, yeah. we pretty much know where our money and how much is going to come in every month. If we're being honest, how generous are we going to be with, People not named me when it comes to our money. We, we kind of know mm-hmm. that too. Just like we've calculated, we kind of know where we're going with that. But how do we quantify love and our role in something we probably don't completely comprehend, which is God's love? Well, I know we don't completely right. comprehend sure. it. But how much is enough? What does it look like? How do I know if what I'm giving – how do I quantify like, all right, I bring in $2,000 a month. I know my bills are 1500 That gives me 500 I can, I can tithe. I can be generous. I can go out to eat. I can make a car payment with the other I – mean, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. How do we do that with love? Because love is not something like you said. We don't put it in our hand yeah. and look at it and go, I've got this many pieces and I can therefore send it out appropriately right. or as I see fit. Well, you, you said something there. You pushed by it really fast. I can be generous. Sure. And uh, and I think with money, that actually is a choice. I don't know if I can be generous with my love. (laughs) It it, it sounds different when you do that. It does. No, that's what I was thinking. And um, but I do think that the more I read about love, what Andy's talking about, it is so much more natural 
than even a choice. Because mm-hmm. I think as I, you know, be still and know that I am God, the more I do that, the more love naturally works for me. In other words, I don't choose to be – well, I think generosity actually comes from that as well. But yeah, we always that. look at this in terms of stewardship that it's something that I have to grit my teeth and <laughs> and do. But I do think God's saying – he said this is the natural outgrowth of what takes place in your life mm-hmm. when you have me, when you okay. are – being still and knowing that I am God. Well, John makes it really clear. I yeah. mean, he says, whoever loves knows God. Whoever doesn't love doesn't know God. Yeah, I sure. mean, it's, that's pretty – I mean, we love to think about uh, our group of Christians or whatever faiths we we hold as being unique and and that's who are God's people kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, God says my people are the people who love. Mm-hmm. No matter how much truth we might hold in our hands, no matter how right we might be, no matter how accurate our theology could possibly be, if it doesn't result in us loving, it's really irrelevant. So having having truth okay. and knowing truth uh, is only valuable if it leads us to be more loving. Because if you're not loving, you don't know God. And if you are loving, you do know God, even if you don't know you know God. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I hear what you're saying, and I, I agree. That's That's really good. <laughs> It's really hard, though, for someone who is looking at this and saying, I don't think, well, I know my relationship with God isn't what I'd like it to be. And I think we could probably all say that with a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about someone who is far from. I'm pretty sure I think there's a God and I feel like I'm trying to work my way into this. I don't know what that looks like. And therefore, if I don't really know and I don't feel that love like maybe somebody else does, man, that makes it a lot more difficult to wrap your mind around because – like for me, if I'm at home and I see my girls and everyone's yeah. walking around with the low face and I know what's going to come next, they're going to say, my love cup is empty. <laughs> they're like, my love cup is empty. I'm like, what do you need? I need some hugs. I need some loves. Yeah. I need, uh, you know, I need you to read me a story. I need mm-hmm. you to do, you know, whatever. I know there's things that I can do, but I know them. There's the, like right. the love, the relationship right. you have with God. But if that's waning, I'm thinking to myself, as this is part of us, that really those people, when you see them, they don't maybe quite fit with the crowd, even at church. And you kind of look at them and think they might be a little bit lonely or they're not connecting. Mm-hmm. Is it just because they haven't figured out that peace with God, how to love? Because I think if they don't have that, it's sometimes harder for us to break through with love mm-hmm. to them because they're not really sure how to accept it. And I think that's right. a challenge that we need to be aware of as well. Sure. Well, I, and I think also sometimes we, we equate love with – uh, some sense of feeling or emotion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah so I, I think that's fair. Uh, that that's that's what we equate it with, as opposed to saying what it means for me to love is to practice those traits of First Corinthians thirteen. What it means yeah. for me to love is to be interested in the other person and their best good. That doesn't mean I have to feel all these warm fuzzy you know puppies sure, and love sure. for them. If I'm truly interested in Jeff's very best good. Whether we identify it as love or not, that's I'm loving him, even if it's not, you know, identified that way. And so I think really for us to say, I think Paul's text about don't think more highly of yourselves, be interested about other people's concerns, not just your own. Oh, there you go. Those are all steps of of very practical, hands on loving of people because mm-hmm. we're interested in, in 
them succeeding and their best good and life working for them and how can we be an asset to that is us loving that person. Um, yeah. So Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, and mentioned your children and we do kind of grow up believing that and, it, and, it, and that's not a bad thing because yeah. we learn dependence sure. and we learn those things uh, that have to do with uh, being in a family and, and, and being that using that give and take. But as we grow, and I think that's part of our maturing as Christians, as we grow, we start to realize that I actually get more love out of giving. And so we've, you know, we've talked about <laughs> serving and we've talked about being part of your community and if, however, if we make this thing, if we constantly go back to, oh, I'm having a bad feeling, somebody needs to give me something, then, yeah, then we do create a, a void that's going to be really hard to fill if we, cre- if we make love an emotional issue hmm. for ourselves. Yeah. One of the things I made a mistake in uh, the sermon this week is, is I, didn't, I didn't touch on the reality of when you look at 1 Corinthians 13 and that description of how love behaves, yeah, um, it's a really quite a high standard. <laughs> and and yes. I, I may have given the impression in an error that we're going we're gonna to somehow fulfill that in a perfect way. The reality is I'm going to be impatient with somebody probably before the week's out, okay? <laughs> and so when, when that happens— You made it all the way through today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man. Uh, and then I have to think about, okay, what does that mean— uh, why am I? Why is that happening in my life, and how do I mitigate that? Yeah. As opposed to, oh, I don't love anybody, and it's all over. Uh, so there's the expectations of love. People sometimes give up on each other. Okay, I ask forgiveness for that, and we, and we move on because we're not going to perfectly fulfill love, but we we do have a great description of how it behaves. Yeah. And so it gives us a guidance and it gives us some tools to be able to say, okay, this is how I'm going to be kind. I'm not going to be jealous. I'm not going to keep records of the wrongs. I mean, if, if people just didn't keep records no, the, of when yeah. they were wrong, we could solve probably 90% of the world crises. But, yeah. You know, it might almost be helpful looking at first Corinthians that way. When you actually look at it and say, you know what, I'm, I'm probably not, I know I'm not going to do all this yeah. correctly or maybe to a standard that, would make me feel good about myself mm-hmm. or where I've progressed to or however you want to look at it. But it might be something that you could look at and go, man, I think I did that one okay today. Yeah. Yeah. Or yesterday, man, I, that that did pretty good. Almost evidence, your- <laughs> evidence of my loving. Yeah, that's you good. Know, in a way that maybe we don't get so down on ourselves mm-hmm. and, and maybe give ourselves not overly inflated, but just a little bit of, you know, hey, I didn't, I didn't do too bad on that. Well, and, that, and that's actually part of loving yourself, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's giving yourself a little bit of a break. I mean, we're harder on ourselves than anybody else. Yeah, opinion. absolutely. And so when we go through these self-critical moments, <laughs> we do tend to talk to ourselves in, the, in a language that is, yeah, what sometimes is, a lot a lot worse. What's Kristen Neff's book? Um, self-compassion. Self-compassion. Yeah, yeah we true. just need to practice more self-compassion in that journey. Yeah. yeah. And so that I play tennis that used to play tennis. I haven't played tennis in years, but... I would. I, I talked pretty bad to myself when I was playing tennis. <laughs> you, know, you, you idiot! That's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Why in the world did you do that? And, and yet, if I was coaching my kid, you would never. Play, say, I would yeah. never say any <laughs> no. of that to my no. child. And so, to be com- more compassionate with ourselves, and especially for Christians, I think it's more important for Christians than, than a person who doesn't claim Christ. Because yep. when we fall, we see a greater significance to that fall. 
missing the mark. And we sometimes just beat ourselves to pulverize, you know, pulverize ourselves when we should say instead, okay, yeah, okay, I I messed up here. Yeah. What was going on in my mind? What was happening that day? What why would why would I do that? What would make me choose that choice over a different choice? And begin to be Asking ourselves the kind of questions that Jeff would ask a counselee or I would ask a counselee, you know, and explore that with them in a kind way with ourselves (laughs) instead of beating ourselves up. Well, and I thought that very thing, and it was a little bit further down, but I'm like, of all the things that God allows us to manage for him, I Mm -hmm. mean, I don't want to say that money's not important because it it is, it is. But really, really from a Christian standpoint, from how the world Mm -hmm. perceives us, how the world would join with us in something. <laughs> there's nothing more important than how we show love. Right. And if that self, you know, if your self evaluation and your self talk is really negative and very poor, who looks at that and goes, man, that guy sure is happy. I, yeah. hope, I want to be, I want to be like, I want, him. I want to join. <laughs> I want to, wait, where do you go to church? I've yeah. got to get me some yeah. of that. Yeah. And speaking of that, what do we do here at the hospital church? Cause I feel like, as a church community on a Saturday morning, even at worst, I mean, that's like the easiest place to judge the whole community, <laughs> right? Because you can go to a church and walk in and in 30 seconds to a minute and a half, what doesn't take long. Yeah. And you kind of have a vibe for just in the foyer feel like, you know, is this <laughs> yeah. a place, is this a place that's welcoming? Are, mm-hmm. are, not even did anyone come and talk to me. Let's just say no one talked to you the whole day. But if people are smiling and they're happy and they're congregating, yeah. they're getting along when they open the doors to the, worship center is it like is it like a busy street outside with people laughing and mm. conjoling and while it might not be reverent as it goes inside <laughs> but the people outside are enjoying community so what do you think we do here at the hospital church that helps foster that attitude of love things like the barn party and you know they're they're very obvious things mm. vbs and different programs but like on a I have a lot of ideas, but I'll let Andy talk first. You were oh, going to say okay. something. Yeah, I, I, and you've heard it here on the podcast and yeah. before. I really think it is leadership staying in touch with their human depravity. I think it's a big piece of it. Because if, if you begin to think you're something, then you become more controlling <laughs> and you begin and you begin to look down at other people. You're more judgmental. And if you really know that you're not worth diddly outside of Christ's redeeming love in your life, then I, I really think that helps set a tone of, hey, this is level ground. Yeah. We love you. We, we're, we're not perfect either. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wanted, and I knew Andy was going to say that oh, because it is it is the I think that's the bedrock of what is going on here is that and there's times actually people have asked me actually, Andy. How do you first of all get away with what you do in your videos, and second of all, <laughs> how can you guys laugh at yourselves so well? That's what they say. You guys make you make fun of yourself, and it's actually so very, very real and mm. vulnerable. And we actually That's like we it. know we're pretty we're pretty <laughs> worth laughing because at. we <laughs> because we understand that piece. But I think there's another piece to that. I think it's also the intentionality yeah. of. What when people walk into any church, I mean, I'm not going to just say our church, but when people walk into any place where they see attention to not just detail, but attention to reactions and attention to responsing, uh, responses, and, it, and it, they see these things, you know, I, I, over and over, I have a new member orientation, mm-hmm. and the people are constantly saying, The reason I really like this church is when I first walked in. I noticed there was an intentional effort made for me to feel like I was part of you. 
And I think that's happens in the barn party. I think it happens in church retreat. I think it happens in these other places. But it has Mm -hmm. to start. It can't be some manufactured hospitality uh, initiative. It has to start with what Andy talked about in terms of we need to understand that we're no better than anybody else. We need to understand our own depravity. And I think that's that's part of – I love people. And I think part of the reason is knowing that we're all in this thing together yeah, and yeah. and it, the, hearing people's stories and knowing where they come from and their journeys. And you know, it, that doesn't make somebody better than somebody else or worse than somebody else. We're we all we all going to heaven on grace or no one's getting there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. Earlier this week, Richard Hickam started an. Uh, are you? I don't know if you guys are in that Bible. No, I just saw it today. I was, I was cleaning my emails. My up wife, and found it. my wife, my <laughs> wife is, and she's always asking me. I'm questions. so proud of them yeah, doing this. This is I, great. I really it's like great. It. It's a, uh, reading the Bible in 365 yeah. days. and there's a pile of people. A lot I don't know, but there's some that I do know. And Daryl Toll, this came up earlier in the week, and your comment about leadership made me think of this. He quoted uh, Henry Nowen's book, "In the Name of Jesus: oh, Reflections great, but... on Christian Leadership." And it's talking about God's timing. And the quote from the book says, The Christian leader of the future is called to be completely irrelevant and to stand in this world with nothing to offer but his or her own vulnerable self. And his point was that the temptations that Jesus faced and that we face too is the temptation to be relevant. In resisting the temptations, Jesus embraced irrelevance in order to accomplish God's purpose. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Daryl, for that to help us out today. But I thought about that and I thought, man, how cool is that? And that's a form of love as well, where we it don't is. let it puff ourselves up. It doesn't let us think too highly of each other. Well, and it's not condescending. It's not con- – and it's real. Yeah. And I think what you said too about being able to laugh – and my aunt one day was listening to the podcast while she was at the dentist. And he's like, what are you – And she, we were, must have been laughing. She was laughing. He said, what are you listening to? Oh, my podcast from church. So he said, well, take your earbuds out. Let me hear it. And so they played an episode while she's in the chair and he's like – these guys know how to have fun. He's like, this is a church <laughs> podcast. And so I, I don't think that as Christians, people see, especially in leadership, I don't think they see that type of, I can approach Andy. I, like I feel like before I eat, we were members here, I didn't know you at all, but I never felt like you were unapproachable or Jeff or any, yeah. any staff was unapproachable. It just was like, hey, shake your hand. This is me. This is you. And we can immediately strike up right. a conversation. I think it's a key part of it. That's awesome. And it's, again, I think it's rooted in remembering who's in charge and who's not. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It goes back to stewardship again. Yeah, absolutely. I I have nothing to lose. I have nothing to prove, you know. Uh, And so that that gives a difference. It's not mine anyway. This, I mean, it's not the church isn't mine. The the message isn't mine. The people aren't mine. I mean, nothing's mine. It's all God's. And we just get a chance to manage it and have our hand in it and play with it for a little bit. And then we'll go to sleep and wake up for a new day. That's <laughs> Well, I'm not going to get to half of what I thought I was going to because we've just kind of taken a different route, but I like it. <laughs> so let's go straight to one of the takeaways this week got super personal and asked us to self-check ourselves. Said, so what barriers to love are most attractive to you? Ethnicity? Economics, social, political, religious, gender, sinfulness. And I'm like, whoa, how many of these do I want to put a check mark by? Um, so I'm, I'm pretty sure I can hear the phone buzzing with text messages and phone calls. And right now with people reporting in on the results of their self-assessments. Yeah, I doubt it. Uh, yeah. But in all seriousness, when we do identify our personal barrier or barriers, 
how do we go about removing it? This isn't something most people are going to discuss in the foyer at church. Right. Oh, hey, so who do you hate? Yeah. And I think, oh, yeah, oh, cool. Yeah, well, you know, I'm really thinking, but maybe we can start a support group. I mean, I don't know. But what do we do when we look at these and go, I think we look at them sometimes as not so much hate, but as like, well, they just, you know, if they could just change a little right, bit, right. then, you know, everything would be so much better. And I wouldn't have to feel the way I do. But do we really think that we're not loving when well, we do that? I, I, well, I hope we are. I hope, I mean, I, hope, I yeah. hope we're getting more self-aware, but I, I really think a big key to removing whatever our biggest barrier yeah. is to love has to do with knowing people. Um, okay. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's easy to be against somebody you don't know. Yeah. It's easy to trash people you don't know. Absolutely. Um, but if all of a sudden you're with somebody and they start trashing Jeff, now it's a, it's a new it's a it new is. thing because yeah. you know Jeff. Right. And so you're like, well, well that's not that's not right. I know yeah. Jeff. Yeah. And so I think if if I know these people that are on my list of easy to not love for me. Sure. If, the more of those people I get to know, the more they go off my list cuz who we know people we when we know people we love them. Yeah. It's not it's this it's in the knowing that, that that opportunity comes. I think that's the that's the key piece to this and relationships always change the way in which we we have outlooks on yeah. our outlook on people. However, there's another piece to that is God knows them and yeah. mm-hmm. the the respect and the honor that we, we got to remember that all need to have for, yeah. for human human life and human beings. Yeah, he, each of them are his unique creation. Yeah, yeah. they're his people. They're his children. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good reminder. Yeah, you know, and the other thing that I was thinking about this week as I was like, you know, what do we do at the church that maybe is a little bit different? And I think when we moved to church, Sabbath school, and church. That in between time, because mm-hmm. not everyone is a Sabbath school person. Right. I mean, not everyone's a class, you know, go to class, sit and listen, like, I'm going to go do that. I'm going to listen to the sure. message or whatever. Or some days you're just like, if I have to go and sit and listen to one more thing this week, <laughs> right, I'm going to blow up. But in the meantime, in that 45 minutes, an hour, if you have something you want to get off your chest and there's plenty of people that are milling around right. and walking around and, and are there for conversation, they're there for fellowship, they're there for support. You can find someone to talk to, and if you don't know them, you know it's a good time to say, you know, see, I noticed you're standing here all by yourself. And if, and if you need some quiet time alone, the center of the worship center is usually usually unoccupied. Is usually and you can quiet. go and sit and be quiet. Yeah. So yeah. there's a there's a good variety of opportunities. And there's a, right there's places that you can go and be mm-hmm. quiet. And a lot of times you'll see people congregated in twos and threes and yeah. fours within the worship center when the <laughs> classes are going on. So I think that's helped as well. All right. Our final thoughts are from Andy's message. He said, because we recognize that we are stewards of the love God has poured out into our hearts and we are investing in whole life, loving of people into lifelong friendships with God. Yeah. I was like, man, first message of the year, we had to get that in. We got got the (laughs) the new church name and then we had to tie it all together. Good job. Andy. It it, it continues this week. (laughs) (laughs) I figured it might. So speaking of this week, what's on deck? Uh, It's, um, whole life strategy. And we'll talk about our strategy a little bit as a church and relate it to God and your whole life. All right.
Good deal. Well, you're not going to want to miss that because I thoroughly enjoyed this week's message. And this is one of those podcasts you could talk for an hour and you'd still have things to go through. I think we've there's, talked for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it's probably it longer like than normal, but that's yeah. okay. Because again, I think this is one of those things we, the better we do at this, the better we'll all be together. The happier yeah. we'll all be together. So, all right, that's going to do it for this week. Next week, it's Wednesday is normal in episode 189. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.